Your YouTube feed is crap. Stop wasting your time watching bot-boosted shills and self-appointed gurus cloying for your attention. Instead, join the Goslings interview, live stream, and podcast. The Goslings, a dark-lit digital speakeasy of free thinkers. A super chat of radical truth-seeking wizards who eat trolls for second breakfast. Topics that'll make your mama's hair stand on end. Ideas that'll make your pastor's knees knock. Guests that will illuminate the hidden chambers of your mind. And interviews that strike down the darkness. Welcome to The Goslings. One of the things that we've always um, admired is your inability, or not inability, your refusal to really like try to convert people you yeah. know you just kind of present the information um however there's been a paradigm shift for you lately yeah it seems like so, so. yeah and definitely. like i was wondering uh we were really hoping to just maybe spend like an hour or so today just talking about you know as much as you're willing to share with us oh, absolutely why that happened and what uh what the future holds for creepy little book as a result well, you know, uh, like I said, I've been at this for like eight years at this point, and uh, the impetus to do live streaming kind of came at me back two years ago. We did High Strangeness every night for a year. That was a panel show. Following that, I did my own show every night for a year, uh, trying to do different topics each night. So uh, over the course of that, like 600 shows, I exhausted a lot of topics, and I repeated myself a lot of times, revisited things over and over again. So, uh, and I'll tell you personally, the more research I've done, the smaller the slice of the pie I actually believe in anymore. <laughs> really? You know, I kind of approached all this. I had originally started by researching the Cave of the Alchemist in Philadelphia. And that led me down this road into the Renaissance and ancient alchemy and Hermes Trismegistus and the occult in the ancient world. And it's been a fascination but at the same time, you know, you can only beat the horse until it's a dead. Seeing it's a dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, going forward, I've been thinking about maybe <coughs> looking at current events through the lens of the weird uh, world that I'm so familiar with. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, perhaps doing more social commentary. You know, we'll yeah. see. Uh, because I've never been in the business of trying to convert people to believe anything or disprove anything. You know, right. it's always been about presenting the information. I always felt like my opinion on this stuff was kind of secondary or tertiary, you know, at most. Yeah. So, uh, you know, educating people on these things was kind of the impetus that drove me to dive into it in the first place. I, I knew a lot about two things coming into YouTube, comic books and weird stuff. <laughs> so uh, it was really, it came down to that. Initially I wanted to do a show with a puppet. So I did a lot of research <laughs> into puppets uh, what what kind of puppet pete Please tell me. Puppet. i wanted to get a sweet bat puppet and maybe a grandfather clock for it to pop out of uh i was going to set up the whole <laughs> that's thing. a great I idea yeah. oh it was, it was going to be awesome uh and and at that point i think the idea was to call it astonishing tales from the great beyond nice yeah, yeah. i didn't wind up with that name in hindsight that was a pretty good name but uh yeah, I was gonna call it Astonishing Tales from the Great Beyond. There was gonna be a puppet. 
it was going to be essentially the same thing, but just geared in a more kind of comedic sense, I think. Yeah. But I'm no effing comedian, so I try, you know, I try my best, but I'm not necessarily a funny guy. So, uh, you know, I kind of ditched the whole puppet idea. I, I still glance at fancy puppets from time to time, and I follow a couple of YouTubers that are puppet people. Uh, puppet Pete. There are there are puppet people out there on YouTube. I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Subculture. Uh, this is horrifying news. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, have you ever have you ever checked out any of the uh, SCP Foundation stuff yeah, on YouTube? Absolutely. There's one. Like, there's one of like the creepiest ones. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like 4chan. You know, um, creepy pasta kind of stories that people make up you know and and uh, scp foundation is really interesting but there's one with the ventriloquist dummies oh. you know where they all have like the souls of you know the husband and wife and the husband killed the wife and like stuffed the parts into one of the puppets Ugh. and like yeah you, dude as a puppet guy pete you gotta I, I don't remember the name of it but you gotta look up like i'll have to check it out the puppet scp foundation thing and there's a theory that says that scp foundation is like not entirely fiction by the way i'm, I'm sure there is them. but i mean there's tons of theories that go along with all this kind of crazy stuff there's some youtubers i followed that like uh you know they actually out weird me you know uh <laughs> and and it's to the point where i'm like maybe i should just be doing this you know like i should just right. be copying this content word for yeah. word at this point yeah right <laughs> because i watch it generate like a juggernaut's worth of hits and like mm -hmm. likes you know like yeah. it's, it's really out there for some of these channels um but i never wanted to be at the point where i was like making stuff up on my own and just going out there with fiction to give people whole cloth that i cooked up you know, it's a, it's another thing to research what other crazy people have cooked up over the years, but I'm not inventing this stuff myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're more of a curator. Of That's kind of how I feel about it. Like I wanted to establish an online library. Yeah. Of esoteric and uh, extraterrestrial content. Yeah. That was the goal from the beginning. Uh, man, I would say mission accomplished because if right. it weren't for you. Uh, I mean, I talked about it last time, but if it weren't for you, I would have never heard of the Ark of Gabriel. Yeah. And the Ark of Gabriel ended up being one of the best plot devices and elements that I needed to make one of my Heavenly Realms books work. Oh, nice. So, I mean, I, I, I'm sure you get stories like that all the time from or at least every now and then from people who say, thank you for telling me about this. You know, I'm, you know, thank you for opening my eyes or illuminating me to. To this but i mean i will tell you from no not really no last couple comments i got were like do you really let yourself go oh my and, uh, <laughs> whatever i mean okay so i turned 40 i turned 40 in april pete how are you around the same mark oh i'm 43 at this point you're 43 yeah so like guaranteed the person who said that is probably like half our age Could you know be. what i mean like dude Wait until you hit the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you I started will. this eight years ago. What do you expect? People get old. <laughs> right. People get old. Also, you're a family man. So, like, and you do your live stream, like, pretty late at night. So, you ever like, notice how on, when, when you get online, when you get on Instagram, when you get on YouTube, whatever. Also, you're handsome. And you're, guy, you're, you're looking at, <laughs> you know, you got all those, like, fitness gurus, uh -huh. you know, and they're like, you, no matter what your age, you can have a body like this yeah you if you have, have a you know hg every one of those people are in their 20s every yeah. one of them yeah oh, all, right. the, all the fitness influencers mm -hmm. uh are are influencing from position of 
being in their 20s. That's yeah. that's their big achievement. They're in their prime. It's, I mean, yeah. it's like, oh, look, look at yeah. me. I'm in my 20s. I look great. Yeah, but yeah. you're broke and you're crazy. You don't know what you're doing with yourself. <laughs> right. It's, and it's we okay. have that's that's the trade-off. <laughs> that's the trade-off. That well, the trade-off. Um, you look good, but you're you're a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. a mess. And uh, well, there's that uh, there's that funny meme that's like uh, it's from a girl's perspective. Um, mm-hmm. it, you see it on Instagram all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, no, you're you're like in really good shape. You know, Christina. Yeah, you're 24 like or 22. Like I could eat a donut and get three hours sleep, you know, and still look like you when I was in my 20s. Come back mm-hmm. to me when you're 35, you know, <laughs> exactly. and look like that. You know, <laughs> but yeah, it just, you know, it, there's no pleasing the Internet. Sometimes. No, there's no, you know, the internet. it's, it's an absolute beast. And plus like all those like old dudes who are, you know, like liver King, you know, like there was the whole like liver King <laughs> blow up that happened a while back, you know, where he's like, dude, if you just eat raw liver and raw organs and drink, <laughs> you know, whatever pig blood and, you know, like throw spears all day, then you could be like me, you know? And it's like, and he's just like roided to the tits. You know, <laughs> he's like lactating HGH. You know? <laughs> and does it ever like so? And like that's a microcosm of like everything that's wrong with the with the internet and monetization, right? So like, do you ever hit this point <clears throat> where you get like really jaded and cynical with the internet, where it's like everything is fake? Like everything I look at is just like phony baloney. Uh, you know. I watch a lot of YouTube. I've kind of given up on TV and movies. Uh, I listen to podcasts and I kind of watch YouTube. So that's really where I get most of my entertainment. I like a lot of live content. Really? Yeah, I really enjoy live content. So I watch a lot of that. Like, just depends on who's on. I don't really care as long as they're droning on about something. It reminds me of the radio. I've always been a big fan of radio ever since I was a kid. I wanted to be a DJ. Yeah. Uh, Although terrestrial radio is basically dead at this point. You know, uh, YouTube is a way for me to kind of live that dream. Yeah. You know? But ever since I've been like 13 years old, it's it's all I wanted to do was get behind the microphone and talk. Were you a fan of Art Bell back with? Oh, in- I loved Art Bell as a kid. Yeah. Art Bell, yeah. the Grease Man, Howard Stern. Yeah. John Lander. There were there were a lot of great DJs in the metropolitan area and a lot of great DJs just time. Yeah. You know, uh, that era was. uh just great for radio it really was. really great for radio uh yeah. and i've always appreciated the medium and, and even if even though it is a dying medium it's something i still appreciate we kind of feel the same way about typewriters and like paperback books you okay. know and it's it's kind of that same vibe of like it's a dying medium but at the same time like it's maybe, a much more pure medium maybe life was a little better back then like i was watching um that johnny depp uh occult movie the ninth gate Mm-hmm. last night uh, for the first time in forever and you know that's a movie that's made in the 90s so it's like pre-cell phone pre-smartphone yeah and <clears throat> borderline like pre-internet and everybody's just like you know you had to either be at a pay phone or you had yeah. to like get a call from the concierge desk of your hotel <laughs> yeah. you know to communicate with anybody and the rest of the time you and like we're all three old enough to remember what that life was like and oh heck yeah i had a rotary phone on the kitchen wall by the back door mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you know, a different world. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I think all of this is kind of foreseen. Really? Yeah. Personally, I do. I think the, the, the Bible even predicts the internet to some degree. I agree with you. 
You know, when it talks about the two witnesses in the book of Revelation, they're killed and the whole world sees it at once. Right. How else is that possible without the internet? Yep. Yeah. And then the whole world parties over it at once and they send each Mm -hmm. other gifts. Like, how's that possible without, you know, mass delivery services, Mm -hmm. you know, all these kind of things that we have now. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think there's even a little aspect of that, like, you know, who knows what John of Patmos was seeing during those visions and how we can extrapolate from what he saw and apply it to our modern world. But, you mm-hmm. know, there, there's there's nothing that compares to that, that idea of these two men that are going to be killed in the street and the whole world sees it at once. Right. How else is that possible? I just, I can't yeah. reconcile it otherwise. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. And even though this was something that couldn't have been like really predicted, prior to you know i think prophecy is something you can't really see until it's come to pass you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the prophecy game is such a tough one to stay in Mm -hmm. you know you can get in on the game you know and you can you know make your nut you know staying in Mm -hmm. on but man you can make your claims yeah the second like things don't go right yeah yeah um well and you have uh you have a religious background right right i was a parochial school kid 12 years really okay yeah okay Mm -hmm. so have you with the paradigm shift that we've noticed in your uh, i guess last three videos but definitely there were a couple in there in the past month or so that you made that were very different uh where it kind of seems like you are you know, no longer just a um, a 30,000 foot view observer kind of feels like you're getting into the trenches a little bit. Feels like know. that, you know, like uh, uh, it's a thin line. You know, you're like dancing on a razor's blade. Yeah, because you don't want to get to the point where you alienate everybody who's followed you. So, you know, thus far. Right. Sure. You yeah. know, it's, it's really uh, and, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, am I ready to rock the boat and how hard am I going to rock it? You know, also there's the Rocket platform maker. itself. Right. We deal with that all the time. Yep. You yeah. Know, you just have to word everything so carefully mm-hmm. to yeah. avoid any problems. I mean, thus far I've been good all these years. No strikes, no problems. Really? Yeah. That's... Uh, they took down a couple videos and I've taken down a couple videos. What, um, what videos did YouTube take down? Uh, I think they took down one of my 2016 Trump videos. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I took down my Q video. Really? Yeah, and it was old. It was really old, but I didn't want to get the problems for it. So I took right. down my Q video. Uh, yeah. It was like from the third day that Q was a thing, like legitimately, like three days into QAnon, I was like, this is fake. Yeah. And here's why it's fake. You can really? still find it on other platforms. I have uploaded it to other, you know, video platforms. It's just not cool. on YouTube anymore. Um, uh, I compared it a lot to, you know, the, uh, you know, Daniel and how, you know, they wanted him to bow to this idol and they're like, we're not going to bow to your idol, you know? Mm Uh, and I made a lot of comparisons to the book, Daniel and the, uh, cult of QAnon in that video, but wow, you know, something I didn't believe in from the jump. It's just nonsense. Wise. Very, very wise because I know a lot of very patriotic people who really got hooked in on that. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. Same here. You know? Yeah, I thought that was nonsense from the start. I mean, like, they were making claims that 
within three days were baloney. Right. So yeah. uh, that's that's kind of where I took it right from the jump. Yeah. It almost had that to me. It had that same vibe as uh, as like the the prophecy guys who are like, mm -hmm. you know, send us all your money because, yeah. you know, in a month the comet's coming and we're all going to go to heaven. The date setters, you know? the date setters. Yeah. Yeah. The date setters. And then, yeah. you know, the date comes and goes and it's like, oh, 10 days of darkness and they're hanging everybody in Guantanamo Bay. And it's like. Are they really? Because I just saw AOC and Matt Gates like talking, you know, on the yeah, Senate floor it's... about like, you know, like this kind of, you know, this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's far but beyond the pale. It's they keep helpful. people in a like a perpetual yeah. state of expectation of anticipation yeah. of something that would never happen, but Ooh. like keeping them on the edge. Yeah, but that's a temptation with stuff like that. You know, is like, you know, they want you because they know you want it. So like that's how they you know that's how they hook you and then before you know it you're buying gold and you know my <laughs> food buckets yeah I, I three years later you still think it's gonna happen <laughs> did you really yeah they they uh they contacted me to be a sponsor and uh, I was like all right why not so I knew I was moving food buckets but they weren't yeah. really throwing the cash my way for moving all the food buckets oh really uh so i was like look, i'm not doing this anymore like i don't, I don't really deal with sponsors too often there, there was yeah. some cereal company too to try to get me to sponsor them like breakfast cereal yeah there's some kind of like uh they're popular i've seen like toy galaxy sponsor them and some other bigger channels um apocalypse loops <laughs> yeah Apoc they're like keto friendly adult sugar cereals you know no sugar keto friendly you know oh like, right uh, yeah yeah uh, yeah, creepy little book, uh, as yeah. brought to you by Charmin toilet paper and yeah, honey bunches of oats. Just... <laughs> I never really found the right kind of sponsors, you know. Like I've, I've had a couple here and there over the years, but yeah, you know, what kind of sponsors would you like if you could? If you could, yeah, pick and choose pizza places. Cherry. I want all the pizzas. Send me free pizza <laughs> night. Yes. Pizza so good right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me the love of that That's little Caesar's money. Right <laughs> Dude, when you're making little Caesar's money, <laughs> yeah, you've made it, man. You've arrived. That's right. Quit I'm your job. You. Yeah, give me some of that Papa John's money. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it seems like part of what has caused the shift for Creepy Little Book has been burnout you know and maybe burnout's not the right word for it but no, just that's sort definitely of, the right word yeah is it you feel burnt out kind of yeah i mean how much can you talk about this stuff you know yeah, until something yeah. new and fancy happens and right. and there's other guys out there that have been covering the new and fancy stuff but it's been so far-fetched yeah i can't even touch it you know right. like some of it's yeah. just too beyond the pale for me has there ever been the it, well, especially where you're at now, has there ever been the temptation to be like, okay, I got this like short list of like ultra wild topics and I'm on my way out with this side of the content anyways. So like, I'm just going to go for it, baby. Like, you know, have you ever been, if I was going to burn the whole channel down, I'd make a slew of videos before I did, you know, mm -hmm. and let the chips fall where they may. But, uh, <laughs> I don't see that happening in the near future. There, I mean, there's tons of topics I'd love to talk about. There's like really? uh, Kyle Odom. I always wanted to talk about, but I don't think it would be popular on the platform. Who? I don't know who that is. Uh, Kyle Odom was a guy who uh, tried to kill a priest 
uh, for mm. being a reptilian. He wrote a big manifesto, sent it to the president, wow. sent it to the news. Oh, nice. You know, I, I'd really and, like to talk about a story. It's it's almost comical in a way. Wow. Uh, you know, somebody got shot and hurt. But, you know, fortunately, the priest lived. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's just a weird story about this guy who thought reptilians were after him. And then he shot a man because he thought he was a reptilian. Wow. Wow. Dang. I mean, what if he was? So. so, yeah, so either he was fighting the Martians and saving us or he was, right. you know, absolutely out of his gourd. <laughs> One way or the other. It's, it's, it's an interesting story, but the, the details of it uh, are I, I say it's comical because there's a there's a weird sexual aspect to it where the really? aliens were, you know, oh, entering sure. his mind and Doing making things. him feel certain things. Uh, and I think that's why it's not appropriate for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, YouTube. Well, and you you try to keep it at like a really healthy like PG thirteen too. At, Absolutely. At like I I don't really curse very often. Right. Uh, you know right. I don't get into gruesome true crime stuff. You know yeah. when I was a kid, being 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, I was really immersed in shows like Unsolved Mysteries and In Search of. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of nonsense the History Channel used to pump out back in the day, the classic History yeah. Channel pseudoscience uh-huh. documentaries of the uh, of the 90s. Uh-huh. So uh, that and my uh, love of the library. Uh, my mom, when I was a young kid, used to take me to the library once a week. Uh, really? And this continued on until I was a, you know, a teenager and I was going there myself. And uh, I was immersed in all those uh, time life history of the occult books and mm-hmm. you know, encyclopedia of the esoteric. Uh, you know, it was yeah. just all fascinating to me. So I feel like, you know, 20 years on with this topic always being like part of my life uh, and, and, and having had made a successful side hustle out of it here on YouTube. You know, there's so much I'd love to talk about, but so much you just can't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we encounter that problem. I've considered doing yep. exclusives on other platforms, but I've been having my own issues with driving my subscribers from YouTube to, you know, some of these alt tech platforms, you know, I'm yep. not seeing people making the migration. Right. Uh, but, you know, maybe that'll come in time. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's really hesitant to do that. Like even I find myself being the same way. You know, like uh, if it, whether it's like the political stuff like Crowder and Tim Cast, you know, if, mm-hmm. if they say like, hey, we have like exclusive content on Rumble, even though it's free, mm-hmm. it's like all you got to do is like scroll down, click the link, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yet, like, I find myself being guilty of it where I'm like, mm, I'm good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, YouTube's really a better search engine. Yeah. 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 Even to watch. I'm just so trained to turn on YouTube and see what's going yeah. on there. Yeah. Well, and, you know, until YouTube starts tightening the noose around their community guidelines, mm-hmm. they're going to allow just enough here to wet people's whistle. Yeah. You know, to keep those uh, content creators on the platform and their viewers. But if they already get more restrictive and drive them off, then it might be easier to get people to make that transition. Could be, you know, I, I don't know. Like I've watched channels that started like way after mine. I'm not going to mention any names here. Uh, there's one I follow that started like, you know, and in two years, they've amassed like 300,000 followers. They put up shorts them. that get 20,000 views. I hate them. 
and uh you know they're just black and i'm like wow i've done all these videos myself before so right you know it's like yeah i know i, I don't i feel like if i had started a couple of years ago after this whole click the notification bell thing the whole click the notification bell thing really screws me up yeah because i had amassed a, a pretty sizable amount of subscribers before that came along who have never kind of revisited and clicked the bell you know what i mean like mm, it, yeah. it was just a way to kind of i i don't know i don't even see the purpose behind it yeah like it, if i subscribe to a channel i want all the content i don't need to click a stupid bell right yep. why do i have to have the extra step yep. exactly yeah and it is it's an extra layer that they add to like basically cut people off from mm -hmm. you know watching you know whatever it is because now you have to be notified if you want to like catch it in time. and even if you do click the bell even if they do yeah. click the bell they might not get a notification no i never get a notification no ever, on any i got a comment the other day somebody told me they hadn't seen a notification from me mm -hmm. in a year <clears throat> wow and that Jeez they saw one of my old videos in their feed and decided to check to see if I still had a channel. Jeez. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, Pete, you got a pretty sizable uh, subscriber base. So I think you've maybe made somebody, you've made a lizard mad in the, in the YouTube. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I, I, it happened back in 2016. Like oh, I can yeah. tell you when it happened because the drop off yeah. was significant. Like, Really? I put up a video and get 30,000 views on a video and get 600 views on it, you know, right. and the content didn't change. It was like there was something that shifted in YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've been fighting against the algorithm ever since. It's like they're gonna have to kick me off. Like, I'm not going to quit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I like to hear. Yeah. Make them slay you. you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't retreat. <laughs> well, we've been around for two years. We haven't quit. There you go. Look at our look at our, look at our look at our success. <laughs> we have fifteen hundred whole subscribers now. We're Every so one of which we love, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, but what's crazy is um, it took us because we got a couple channel strikes. Oh, you know what? I got to get to um, got to get our our buddy's question. Yeah. So uh, we have a Patreon member who, um, for certain levels, we let them ask questions you know, or submit questions to yeah. guests. And uh, we were talking about you. I, I, I communicate with him on the back end, and uh, and he's become a really big fan of your channel lately. Oh, that's great. And um, he goes by, uh, on YouTube, he goes by America in Cars. And uh, really nice guy, really interesting dude. We have a lot of fun talking, very smart. And um, he wanted to ask, um, do you think that a lot if not all of the math used in advanced physics, astronomy, etc., is the product of demons. He calls it demon math because Tesla said, quote, today's scientists have substituted mathematics for experiments and they wander off through equation after equation and eventually build a structure which has no relation to reality. What are your thoughts on that, Pete? All right, so... This reminds me of a video I did, honestly. The yeah. Sorceress Algebraic. Yes. So, uh, essentially how this story goes is that in Philadelphia, 
in like the 1880s, 1900s, turn of century kind of time period. There was this woman who was a math instructor at a prestigious Philadelphia University. And that she was involved in some pretty advanced mathematics to the borderline where she was kind of like working with the occult. Yeah. And essentially how this story goes is that some students walk in on her one day and there's all kinds of flying around the room and portals open and up. She's in the thin air and never to be seen again. Whoa. Yeah, something like that. It's, it's this video is years old. I, and, and I'll tell you what, I found it on Craigslist and reached out to the person who posted it. And I was like, can you fill me in on more of this story? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And uh, they never got back to me. I did research on like the names and places that were present in the story. I don't know how true any of it is. I'd never heard of it before it was posted on this Craigslist thing. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember how I came across it. I think I was looking up classic cars on Craigslist and came across this crazy story. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm always looking at old muscle cars on Craigslist. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to get me an old muscle car. Oh, dude. <laughs> American Cars is going to love you for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they'll probably be outlawed by the time I'm old enough to afford mm -hmm. one. And my kids mm -hmm. don't grow up. You know. Yeah, it'll it'll be like that scene in uh, uh, that movie uh, Mission to Mars where they're all like all the astronauts are hanging out, you know, uh, like the night before they launch, you know, and they're hanging out in the one of the few cars that runs on fossil fuels anymore, <laughs> you know, and it's like some big collectible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you you were looking for muscle cars on Craigslist and came across this story about the sorcerer's algebraic. Exactly. Interesting. Was it just a story like? Were they selling anything? No. <laughs> they just wanted to be heard, so they put it on they, Craigslist. They this is a story. I don't even know what portion of Craigslist I wandered to to find this story, but sure, it was, uh, it was a strange story about the sorceress algebraic that occurred in Philadelphia at the turn of the century. And, uh, you know, I couldn't really find a lot of evidence to back the story up. Yeah. But, you know, it's still an interesting uh, bit of fiction if it is. Well, that's kind of the we're going to have uh, Mark Sargent on who's uh, who's a big flat earth guy. And um, now mm. <clears throat> Pete is a hollow earth guy. Um, and that's right. I lean more towards F.E. But um, but that is like a big thing in the flat earth community is that like there is all this like symbolic mathematics, you know, that seem to go on. And and I wrestle with like. How much of that stuff is is legitimate and how much of that stuff is just like reverse engineered Bible code kind of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're kind of looking for it. So you may, and I don't know, what are your thoughts on mm -hmm. that? Well, if you look at every math book that's ever been published, there's a credit to Pythagoras okay. in there. Pythagoras wasn't a cultist. He started his own secret society called the Secret Brotherhood. You know, they started their own colony. Uh, well, know, at least it you, didn't smell you, bad. You know, and, and this is where the polytonic solids came from. What are those? That was the secret of their like secret brotherhood was they had the knowledge of polytonic solids. Polytonic solids. Sorry, I'm so far behind the power curve. I got to look this up. 
So uh, I, I think the punishment was death for revealing the truth about what they were into. You know, Whoa. so Pythagoras is a big influence on mathematics, but also on occultist. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of mathematics was uh, developed in Arabia. Yep. So you know, algebra is is an Arabic word mm-hmm. to begin with. Um, they invented the stuff like sacred geometry that people read a lot into symbols and signs. And, and of course there is something to that, but you know, at what point are you crossing the line into trying to divine the future and right. know, discover yeah. hidden things? <laughs> right. Uh, I think it's really got a lot to do with intent. Mm. You know, you, you don't accidentally worship a pagan idol. Right. <laughs> Just like right. you don't accidentally like use math to open up the gateway to a hellscape. You know, <laughs> can math be used for that purpose? I, I'm not even sure. You know, yeah. if math is really that powerful, if it's the language of the universe, if these guys can, right. you know, at CERN can use advanced mathematics to bust open holes into, you know, wherever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that remains to be seen. But yeah, you know, I, I, I think a lot of the stuff is just, uh, it's overthinking, you know, like I've done a lot of overthinking over the years about a lot of these things, <laughs> you know, when it really it comes down to it, like it's re- a lot of it's really simple. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's uh, yeah. Usually the simple answer tends to be the right one more uh, often than not in my experience. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Occam's razor, you know, or that line from, uh, from the usual suspects uh well chaz paul Venteri is talking to somebody he's like yeah you know if you're working a case and you know you think uh you know somebody's dead and you think his cousin did it nine times out of ten you find out that you're right you know mm-hmm. i mean bad example because you know kaiser soze was right in front of him the whole time but you know <laughs> <laughs> but it still stands to reason yeah um how does that translate to does that inform your opinion of uh hollow earth at all the relationship of math and the occult? Not really. Uh, Hollow Earth is a fancy of mine because it's a, yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, if I found out the Earth wasn't hollow, I'm not going to be shocked, you know? But, yeah. But uh, at the same time, you know, there's biblical stuff. It's up out of the Earth. Where's this thing coming from? Yeah. You know, Revelations. That's another beast come up out of the Earth. You know, yeah, he sees a beast come up out of the sea and then a beast come up out of the earth. So uh, could this be a hollow earth? I don't know. I mean, you know, there's. Uh, for me, it's a lot easier to conceptualize. There could be things coming from inside the earth rather than from the farthest reaches of outer space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just it, it just seems like. You know, we're on a planet that's 72 percent ocean. A lot of that's unexplored. You could hide a lot under the sea, especially if you had advanced craft. Yeah. Uh, but what if these aren't craft? What if there's something else? You know? Right. Yeah. Um, what if they don't need spaceships? And that really yeah. explains a lot. I mean, you look at the 50s and 60s. Look at like uh, Billy Myers UFO photographs. You know, they look like hubcaps and trash can lids thrown up in the air. And <laughs> they do. Right? They really do. But I mean, he was a one armed guy on a mountain all by himself. I don't know how he took the pictures, but, you know, they're, they're <laughs> kind of hard to debunk, even though they all look like fake. You mm-hmm. know, they look like models. Yeah. But all during that time period, that's what you see reported saucers, cigars, 
metallic craft with inhabitants. You know, even Betty and Barney Hill reported they were like Germans on the ship or something. Really? Yeah, they were. They were like humans. Oh, that's weird. Is that? I wonder if that's where we get like sort of that Scandinavian, that Nordic alien. Yeah thing um, oh, yeah, i think absolutely uh, but i think that's all demonic i used to be in the camp yeah. where these things were coming from another planet and like was firmly convinced on that uh you know i i thought there were three possibilities another planet time travelers or demons mm -hmm. you know i can't tell you why demon would need a spaceship or technology of any kind what does god need with a starship yeah what does god need with a starship exactly i don't i don't think a demon needs anything like that but could a demon look like a light in the sky probably mm-hmm mm -hmm. could a demon look like a little gray alien ah you know i don't know man there's I a lot of accounts uh... of demonic possession and extraterrestrial abduction that have parallels yeah, yeah absolutely yeah we talk about that a lot um Man, I wish I, I didn't have my, uh, I had to wear my Gary Wayne shirt today because I didn't have my aliens or just demons you can shoot shirts. <laughs> <laughs> one of my, uh, one of my favorite LA Marzulli quotes is that he goes to one of the UFO, um, big UFO conferences. And uh, maybe it's the one in Roswell. I can't remember the exact uh, time and place, but he went to a big UFO alien conference. He was about to give a talk, you know, and he's got all these other guys up there talking about how the, you know, these aliens are, they're friendly. They're coming to help us. You know, they're coming to save us from ourselves and all. So he gets on, up on stage and the first thing out of his mouth is raise your hand. If you think it's okay to abduct a five-year-old in the middle of the night against their will. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I kind of fall into that camp. Yeah. Uh, some, I think they're demonic as well. Yeah. And I'm, you know, one of the uh, one of the reasons that I think that you know they're they they don't need spaceships, but what I think they're manifesting like that is because they it's a deception. Yeah. They want to they want they want us to think that you know again this is just me, you know, but they want us to think that we're a product of millions of years of evolution that they mm -hmm. seeded and are coming back to save us from ourselves, and it kind of validates that whole narrative, and mm -hmm. it invalidates a biblical narrative about who we are and our dignity and how we're created in the image of God and aliens show up. And all of a sudden, a lot of people would push that aside and say, Oh yeah, you know what? The aliens we're, were the our gods of... the whole time. It's been aliens all along. Yeah. We're made in the image of the Prometheans. Yeah. You know? or, or, or the reptile. Well, the lack of aliens versus the God thing. <laughs> <clears throat> really? Yeah. Well, there, I mean, there's all kinds of stories and some of them are very compelling. Mm -hmm. There's been some evidence and again, compelling but it's not like anybody's parked a spaceship, gotten out and said hello. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that there's so much silence in the universe. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and taking aside some of the more fantastic stories that are just space opera, you know, like uh, the prism of Lyra by Lissa Royale. She talks about the Orion Wars or, you know, you get into all the David Icke, Alfred Draconian stuff. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. a lot of it's just fiction. Yeah, you know, and I've always talked about the lore and mythology of the UFO because it's what it is. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, deep lore, and 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 it goes back, you know, at least seventy five years at this point. Yep, yep, yeah. It's older than that. You had the Great Airship Flap and the eighteen sixty five Missouri River Crash and the eighteen ninety one Aurora Texas Crash. Really, I find that compelling that people were seeing things in the sky prior to the invention of the airplane. Oh, but again, that doesn't rule out the demonic. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I have not heard of those. I got to look those up. I'm going to have to go back and like rewatch this because 
I thought like none of this really kicked off until uh until Roswell. Yeah, until 48. Yeah. Yeah. Um have you how long have you had that thought Pete that like there is this you know this interaction or crossover between you know this what we're seeing and the demonic side of things because that's becoming a more popular theory but it hasn't it's always been I've always debated I, I guess about 10 years ago when i was bartending uh one of the waitresses and i got into it over whether or not aliens were demons or from outer space so this has been a long thing that i've kind of gone back and forth on dude chicks hate uh, it when you say that too <laughs> i mean i pissed off so many whores saying that over the, <laughs> the years no, this was actually, no, uh, actually uh, I'll speak very highly of her. She was a born again, <laughs> homeschooled Christian. Was girl. she really? Yeah. Wow. She believed aliens were demons and I didn't. Oh, okay. Okay. I see. So it's reversed. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. All the so ones who the time, I, I was mad. all about, oh no, they're from another planet. And she's like, oh no, they're demons. Yeah. You know, all these I years just... later, I've kind of come aground to agree with that. Mega based. Yeah. Yeah. All the girls I made mad whenever I said that were former strippers. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking when I say that. By the way, I can name three right now, <laughs> and and I do, I wasn't even dating them. So like, what do you get out well, of it? Well, you, you know? got to stop looking for women on Craigslist. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? It's muscle cars for you, Pete, and it's <laughs> former strippers for me. <laughs> So you were bartending and, you know, and you were still of the mind that like most people are that aliens are extraterrestrial mm. and this super rad <laughs> homeschooled chick comes along and like, is that the first time you had ever, you had ever heard? No, the, no that's no? not the first time I heard that opinion, but uh, it's probably the first time I ever had an actual conversation with a human person about it. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's really ahead of the game because, like, honestly, even like with all the stuff that we get into, yeah. I mean, I didn't start really thinking about that until probably five years ago. You know? Yeah, same here. Yeah. So, and it's become more a part of the conversation lately. We've oh, noticed. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like it's it's bizarre how how these things gain legs and they gain momentum as topics in the the zeitgeist of your of your cultural bubble. You know. Like everybody starts talking, like the rapture, like nowadays, like for our channel, like everybody wants to find out more about the rapture. Yeah. You know, and it just like totally came out of nowhere. Yeah. We're like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't even I don't know. Well, I, I wouldn't say it came out of nowhere. I think it came out of the last two, three years being the most bizarre <laughs> time they've ever lived through. And yeah. that in some ways parallels a lot of what they, you know, what's in Revelation and what's in Daniel. And they're mm -hmm. like, yeah, so the rapture could happen any time. Right. Yeah. So and they start looking into that and they start arguing about when it would happen, if it will happen, mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. I think people's fascination with end times prophecies from the Bible ha yeah, I think that Catholic, has escalated as a rapture. Yeah. 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 yeah it's not no, a Catholic there's no doctrine. rapture as far as I'm concerned. We just kind of uh everybody goes through it. Everybody it's goes like, through yeah. the muck. Yeah. 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 There's all... no like flying away like Superman to avoid it, like or being abducted. Yeah. I mean it's it's just is everybody's got to face it. Yeah. The final judgment, the judgment of all mankind. It's not like, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, what was there? 24 elders up there and some saints that watch over all of that when it's going down. But uh, mm -hmm. the ones that are martyred are already there. And the, and yeah, the, the ones elders. that are martyred, but uh, yeah. everybody else stands and faces judgment. So, like, the rapture is a relatively new doctrine of eschatology that was cooked up by evangelicals in the 1880s. John Nelson That's why Darby. I'm buying to it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. It's too easy. Oh, well, I'm going to rapture away. Well, and then everybody gets stuck in on, are you pre-trib? Are you mid-trib? Are you post-trib? Mm-hmm. Are you amillennial, pre-millennial, post-millennial? And, and like, and everybody has their thoughts on that. And me personally, I, I'm just like, dude, I don't know. I'm nowhere near educated enough to like be able to have an opinion on this, you know, but like, I also kind of see it as, I don't want to call it like empty calorie argument, but it's, it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think we should be dividing lines over this subject, mm-hmm. you know, and it, ah, dude, it happens all the well, time. You yeah. Know? I mean, in scripture, there are passages that allude to an event like that happening. You know, it talks about the dead being resurrected, the dead in Christ mm-hmm. rising first, and then those who remain will be caught up in the twinkling of an eye. It's, Paul says that. I think I, I don't remember where if it's Corinthians or Thessalonians. It's one of the epistles. Yeah. But he says that what the Bible absolutely does not specify in very obvious terms is when an event like that is going to happen. Yeah. So putting it in the biblical timeline is something that people have been trying to do for centuries, uh, millennia even. Yeah. And they can't do it. But there are a lot of doctrines around, a lot of theories around it. It might be at the very, very, very end before God pulls the pin. <laughs> on everything you know but it does say it in the bible that there's a <clears throat> being caught up it doesn't say they'll be raptured it says yeah, you know yeah. harpazo is where we you know get the word but it doesn't say watch for the rapture it never says that mm. yeah so it's there's it's their kind of the people teach man the prosperity gospel oh, yeah everybody thinks yeah. jesus yeah. gonna make them rich oh, um, oh it's disgusting you know, there's there's there's, lots makes of, like, me there's, there's nowhere does it say say the sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer isn't in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. There's no have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's not in the Bible. <laughs> like, you know, none of that's in the Bible. Like, it, it's like, I know uh, a lot of it's been cooked up afterwards. A lot of this is the doctrine of men. And I'm like, I'll go through a lot of like a lot of Instagram posts I get are biblical or preachers or pastors. And I'll be going through Instagram reels. And like, so much of it is like, mega churches with yeah. like 20,000 people in the seats and mm-hmm. they got these rock bands playing and everything's up on big television screens. And I'm like, is this worship or is this a concert? Thank right. you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Hallelujah, Pete. <laughs> yeah. It's a concert. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got Starbucks in the lobby of some of these places. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. When you have Starbucks. And I grew up with all the smells and bells, man. Burning incense and ringing bells. And oh, sure. That's right. And high church. churches with ceilings that were 40 feet high, you know. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever go back to it? Do you ever go back to mass? Uh, actually, I've been looking into the Latin mass lately. I found a place about really? a half hour away that does wow. traditional Latin mass. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, so I'd like to go attend that. Uh, I've only ever seen a Novus Ordo English mass, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so, uh, you know, I, I don't know a lot about the church pre Vatican too, because I was raised after it happened. Right. You know, so yeah. when I think about the church that, uh, I inherited, it's very different from the church. My grandparents attended mm-hmm. because of Vatican two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I disagree with a lot of Vatican two stuff. They were trying to modernize the church, put more asses in the pews, I guess. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, now we got altar girls and guitar masses. Get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, are you serious, dude? Really? Oh god, yeah. Uh, they got all the girls now. They got women Eucharistic ministers and 
I follow this guy. His name's uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall. He uh, he stays on like top of a lot of this stuff going on with the Vatican. He wrote a book called Infiltration about how the Vatican's been infiltrated. I did a video on this too. It's called The Fifth Column. Uh, I did really? mine years ago though. Uh, about is how it the still Vatican up? Was infiltrated by Freemasons in the fifties, and they put in their own pope, oh. and it's kind of been you know, <clears throat> yeah, questionable ever since. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm really interested in attending the Latin Mass, only because I've never seen one. You know, like, uh, I mean, I've seen them on YouTube. Yeah. But I've never been present for one. Uh, and I think that if you've ever attended a Catholic Mass, like, so much of it is really, it's based on Judaism in a lot of ways with the reading of the scriptures. Then you get about 10 minutes where the priest does a little reflection on the scriptures. And then you get into the sacrifice of the Mass and the whole you know, Eucharistic part of it because mm -hmm. Catholics believe in transubstantiation. And that's yeah. the idea that, you know, the, the bread and wine physically become the body and blood of Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Interesting concept. Yeah. And, you know, and there's like, there's the rational, you know, almost like materialist part of you. That's just like, you dismiss that. You're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But at the same time, like, what do you believe? You know, like, yeah. do you take because like I was I sort of became an atheist apostate for five years in my late 20s when uh, I was taking ordination. I was going through ordination class from like a really intellectually slightly progressive pastor um in mm. here in tennessee and um and like that intellectual approach <clears throat> kind of like actually led me to walk away from all of it for five years you know because you reach that okay. point where you can't you can't rationalize some of this stuff and that's mm. what like faith is for it's that which surpasses all understanding that's right so if you're if you're leaning only on your Absolutely. understanding that's a that's a dead end you're racing for a red light, you know, and um, and so yeah. like but then when you come back around to it and you and you start reengaging with what you had abandoned, you know, or walked away from you come to it with this humility of like, well, I believe all this other stuff like I believe, you know, by sheer virtue of the fact that I'm a Christian, that I'm a Bible believing Christian. You know, I believe in the resurrection. I believe Jesus walked on water. I believe in the flood. I believe in you know, the uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and the Pillar of Salt, you know, I believe in revelations. So, like, in the grand scheme of things, how crazy is transubstantiation? Really? You know? I mean, it's yeah. a fair question, you know? So. And it, I mean, as far as Catholicism goes, it is the source and summit of the religion, you know, like yeah. the belief that that little piece of bread becomes God and that yeah. you can take this into your body and have this, you know, union with God. Yeah. They even do a thing called adoration and benediction where they, they pull out a thing called a monstrance. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these. It's a, it's a stand usually made of gold with big sunbursts kind of around it. Mm -hmm. And they'll put the host in the center of it, leave it up on the altar. And, you know, there are some churches that do 24 seven Eucharistic adoration. There's always somebody in there sitting with it, you know? Really? Yeah. Interesting. What's it called again? Eucharistic adoration. And monstrous? A monstrance. Monstrance. Okay. Yeah. I gotta look this stuff up. This is pretty cool. 
Um, I just find Catholicism so interesting. You know, it's always been something I've been interested in, you know, even when I kind of fell away from it for a while, but uh, just the the history and tradition of it. You got to figure for 391 years, there was no Bible, but there was Christianity. Right. Right. So they had the Septuagint. They had the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And then they, uh, you know, everything was kind of word of mouth for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But even in the book, it says, keep these traditions we taught you. You know, so they, they were establishing traditions they were living by. They were breaking bread from the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were doing this kind of reenactment of Holy Thursday and the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. Where they're, you know, communing with bread and wine. Yeah. Stories orally until they're all written down, you know, roughly 100 years later. Um, and of course, scholars are going to tell you that these books are not attributed to, they're supposed to be attributed to, but I don't necessarily agree with that either. I think Matthew was there. I think, you know, John was there. Mm-hmm. I think Peter probably dictated his epistles to somebody else because he was probably an illiterate fisherman who didn't have time to learn to read at any point in that five year span. Yep. Yep. But he knew how to sushi up an ear. Yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> And that's so, the kind I mean, of you thing that consider, I would... you know, people want to think that these guys were primitive and were just falling for anything. But like, like I said, these guys were cowards who ran away. Yeah. And then go on to die for everything they believed in. Right. You know? Yeah. So something yeah. changed there. Something yeah. changed them. And I don't know if that's, I mean, maybe it's because they saw him alive afterwards. Like, I believe they saw. Mm hmm. There, yeah. I've, I've been through so much of mythology. Christianity is very different. And you'll yes. see zeitgeist and other things that try to like conflate Christianity with paganism. And a lot I of know. times they try to do it through the church mm-hmm. because the church does have weird traditions. The church does put up statues. The church does do things that seem to be uh, different to the outside viewer. Mm-hmm. But if you go back into the first hundred years of Christianity, they were painting pictures of Jesus on walls and caves where they were having secret meetings and doing their masses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 What do you think so, for you, Pete? Um, Cause I have that. I've had those experiences too, where it's like, you know, you can, when you're in the office, when you're in the cubicle farm, you can mention any deity in any religion. But if you mention Jesus or if you quote scripture, the room gets like everybody puckers, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it's still uh, that way. yeah, it's still that way. And that's that's one of those things that re- it's one of the very few things that actually reinforces my faith in Christianity is that like, OK, why is that one a problem to to the world, the world, quote unquote, you know, what is it for you that gives you pause with Christianity? Uh, it's a religion that goes against every natural desire that man has. Mm, yeah. So, you know, you hear people yeah. say it's a man-made religion. Then why does it go against every natural desire you have? Right. Why yeah. do you have to give up every natural desire? Your, your, you know, uh, all your proclivities, all your desires, all your interests, all, all this stuff go against this religion. Yeah. And we're not talking about something like the Eleusinian mysteries. We're not talking about something like Zoroastrianism. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are talking about a religion that is so radically different and inclusive. Right. You know, like people say Christianity, they say all these things about Christianity, but 
uh, it just really a lot of times people speak on Christianity and they have no idea what they're talking about. They've had a bad experience with church or they had a bad experience with their parents or, you know, mm-hmm. they feel like God owes them something. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, I, I don't look at it that way. I'm just happy to wake up every day. Dude. Amen to that. <laughs> that's awesome. Amen yeah. To wake up every day. As long as I'm healthy, you know, and that's the thing. I, I heard somebody say this on some stupid TikTok or something. Well, not TikTok, Instagram I was watching. And the guy says, if I gave you a million dollars today, but you had to die tomorrow, would you want it? Most people are going to say no. So time is worth more than money. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. And then he said, okay, so what if I said you could live for a thousand years, but you're going to be sick every day? Well, mm. who wants that? So health is worth more than time yeah so when you kind of prioritize these kind of things everything else seems so insignificant yeah that's a good point preach brother (laughs) (laughs) preacher pete over here pete when we start the um when we start the ministry of the broken sword as brought to you by the church of what's cool Will you be one of our priests? Absolutely. <laughs> Sweet. Yes. Awesome. It wouldn't be the first time they tried to recruit me for the priesthood. That happened my senior year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they called me down. They had me talk to these two priests who tried to recruit me for a seminary. It's like the it's like the Marine recruiter. And yeah, then, the Catholic and school priest. And the priesthood, yeah. They're like fighting over who gets to, you know, who gets to get to Pete first. You know, oh, so I was th- getting Christmas cards from them until I was 25. They 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 really tried to get me Whoa. until I was too old. Is that because you went to the parochial school, or was it something else? They about gave you us that a test were- in our senior year, uh-huh. and the results of that test were whether or not you got called down to talk to those two priests. So I knew a lot about religion because I was always interested in the subject. I excelled at it. Yeah. So obviously they were going to call me down and be like, "Have you considered the priesthood?" <laughs> no, father, I have not. <clears throat> I got this sweet punk music to play. Yeah, like, exactly. Come on. <laughs> I I just discovered I just discovered Yayo. So <laughs> that's a that's a Nao. <laughs> what was it that uh, that ultimately uh, you know made you refuse? Made me what? What was it ultimately that made you say no to to the priests? Oh, I was 18 years old, and I was more interested in girls and having a good time than being a priest. Right, 18. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, at 39, you I can't up the wrong tree, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're like in your 30s and 40s, you're like, really? No women? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you're, you consider it seriously, and then, like, but at 18 years old, you're like, what? You want me to be celibate? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just got to the party. Yeah, I just showed and I up. Le- and I got to leave? <laughs> yeah, when you're, yeah, when you're in your teens and your 20s, <laughs> and even some of your 30s, you're like, uh, wait, you mean like no chicks? Like none of that? Uh, I'm out. But then you get yeah. to my age and you're like, Prom- I can have a day off. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm not those who can do it, man. It's a real commitment. Some of those guys, oh, yeah. you know, the, uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's like any career. There's some good and bad ones. But sure. uh, I think anybody who takes those kind of vows and lives that kind of life, you know, that's uh, that's really going above and beyond, you know? Well, yeah, a lot of them yeah. have a calling. They feel a calling to the priesthood. Absolutely. And they're ready yeah, to take absolutely. that job. They're ready to make that decision, that commitment. Oh, yeah. 
wholeheartedly. It's not something, yeah, you don't go into it, you know, willy nilly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something you know for sure. But it's also something you know for sure you don't want. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's not a lot of tepidity in uh, yeah. the choice to be a a priest or not. Well, and it's such a shame that you know a uh, a number, a handful of you know obviously bad apples really spoil the whole orchard as far as reputation. Oh yeah, goes. yeah. Well, I mean, that, and that happens in so many professions. That happens with it, police. It really does. I, I mean, mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, it happens more in public schools than it does in Catholic schools by leaps and bounds. You just don't hear about it. Good point. And the the other thing is when you're on a stand on a moral high ground like a church does. Yeah. And then you cover up that kind of scandal. You're going to do irreparable damage in public eye. Oh yeah. 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 Just that's just the fact, matter of fact. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but you know what it happens uh it's not a it's not a catholic exclusive. It's um, not. It happens everywhere. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, like there are there are bad people all over the place who take advantage and do terrible things. You know, it's it's not exclusive to just, you know, guys that wear the collar. Yeah, um, I had it happen at um, my private Christian high school um, in Antioch, Tennessee, mm. you know, uh, more than once in the three years that I was there. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it usually was a basketball coach. <laughs> and so, you know, and uh, at some point, you know, the basketball coach, um, I mean, truly like it was to actually maybe all three of them were in basketball. Like they they did a bunch of other stuff, too. Um, but uh, but yeah, all three of them, like in the time that I was there, they all got caught, you know, with uh, with girls and every one of them, you know, got the boot. And so it's not, you know. It's not something that is just Catholic. It happens no. all the time in the Protestant church. It's just no one talks about it because, well, first of all, the Catholics are doing it too. So like you can just like, oh, but look at those guys over there, you know, mm-hmm. and like no one pays attention. But then also, you know, Catholic like priests have have the stigma, the societal stigma of being celibate, and not marrying. Whereas like on the yeah. Protestant side, it's like, you know, oh yeah, you can still be married and do that. You know, and then so. most priests don't even wear their kind of priestly clothes anymore in public. You know, really? like I, uh, the barbershop shop I go to or used to go to, uh, I still follow them <laughs> on Facebook, and uh, they have a couple of priests from the Catholic high school come in and get their hair cut there. But n- neither of them are in the black and the collar. They don't wear them. You know, like wow. priests don't go around dressed like that anymore. They yeah. still they just wear street clothes. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that just because of the reputation aspect of things? I, I don't know if is it's that... personal choice or not. I mean, yeah. it just seems to me that like 50 years ago, these men would have probably worn their collars mm-hmm. rather than, you know, a football jersey and jeans. Well, the scandal created kind of a stigma for priests. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know? so I, I understand. That's a real shame, too, because even as a lifelong Protestant, like, you know, I, I can't see myself ever converting. Um, but still I see a priest walking. I see the collar. I'm like, that's a, that is a pillar of stability. Yeah. You know, cloth, you know? Yeah. It's cool. Like, I just, I don't know. You know, we all have our issues with all that different stuff, but but still like at the end of the day, like, I think it's a net positive. So anyways. Okay. Pete, dude, this was so much fun. We always enjoy having you on. Um, Creepy little book on YouTube, creepy little book on Twitter, 
mm-hmm. and creepy little book on Instagram. Is there That's anywhere right. else where our audience who well, may I'm not on, uh, on all the alt tech platforms too? So you can check me out on places like BitChute and Odyssey. Uh, nice. I have not set up a Rumble page yet, but uh, you know, maybe in the future we'll see about that. Yeah. Cool. Hey, if you guys have been enjoying this interview and you'd like to hear the rest of it, including some really down and dirty stuff that we're not allowed to say here on YouTube, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash the goslings. We'd love to have your support there and share exclusive content with you. That's right. Keep it cool. And remember, these are interviews that strike down the dark. They do indeed strike down the darkness. They strike down all the darkness. That's right. Strike it down hard. So hard. So hard.